Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are tapping into my show, welcome to Talks with Kelly. I hope this podcast finds you well today. So today I'm going to discuss love bombing, love bombing and my experience of what that means. When you meet a narcissist, you don't actually know you're meeting a narcissist because they do not walk around with a mask on, with it printed across the front, I am a narc, covert narc, malignant narcissist, any of those things. What they do do is they show up as your knight in shining armour. These people are absolute. They are champions. They're in the champion leagues of being able to fool you into thinking that they are the most kindest, generous, loving, empathic people you will ever meet. But depending on the type of narc that you meet will depend on the behaviour traits that will come up early in, in the relationship. Now, in my experience, I can only talk from my own experience uh, these narcissists have always mirrored my personal behaviour. So when you go out on a date with them, they will be very eager to find out about you. They want to know absolutely everything about you. But it's not because they want to know about you and get involved in your life in any way in order to, you know, compliment your life in any way and enjoy the things that you enjoy. It's for them to gain knowledge that they can later on use against you. When you're sat with a narcissist, especially in the beginning stages, when you're in sort of date mode, you'll find that they will, if it's a covert narc, in regards to my personal experience, again, um, and my experience with malignant narcissists, they're quite different in their approach. A covert narcissist has tendency to consistently be in victim mentality. So a lot of the time when you're getting to know them, they will have a lot of time to give you stories about how they've been, you know, badly treated by their ex-partners. They will speak terribly of their ex-partners, terribly of their childhood, just terribly about everybody in their life basically has done them some injustice in some way or another. Now, I'm a strong believer that there are some unfortunate people, I'm being one of them, that has gone through life and had really bad experiences happen to me from a very young age in my childhood right up until my adulthood that had absolutely nothing to do with me um, and was completely out of my control. I was at the hands of narcissistic people or abusive people. So we're not going to sit here and say that if somebody sits around a table with you or walks around a park or wherever it is that you decide to go out on a date, that because they're talking to you and sharing with you um, personal information about themselves, uh, about their childhood or about you know, traumatic things that have happened to them, that means they're a narcissist or they're a narc. No. I think what we need to do when we set boundaries and we are in a process of healing and we are healed, what we do is we take a pragmatic look at these things and go, how well does this person actually know me enough for them to feel the need to tell me this information? 
If we are on date one and I'm being bombarded with information, their way of connecting with me is through me sympathising with them, with me needing to use my empathy, with me needing to use my, oh, poor you, or, oh, my God, I can't believe that's happened to you. That mode from the, from the off, there's something not quite right there. You need to start saying to yourself, this potentially, this person might not be a safe option. You are not here to be a doctor. You're not able to um, address or to be able to identify with exactly what type of cluster B personality this person could be, because they could be a sociopath, they could be a psychopath, or, you know, they could just be a person who has got low self-esteem, they could be a person who is a narcissist, or they could be a person who is genuinely, you know, just trying to speak about what's going on in their life and where they are in their life. But what you need to ask yourself is, in a healthy relationship, when you meet somebody, do you not want that relationship to be based on building on new experiences that you experience together, having fun together and getting to know each other over a long period of time? Talking a lot about a lot of things There is absolutely nothing wrong with saying and speaking openly that, you know, you haven't had the bestest upbringing or your previous relationship wasn't the best. But if this person has tendencies to put all the blame, all the blame is everything in their life that's gone bad is to be blamed on someone else. This is a big thing with a narcissist in blaming and blame shifting. It's they take no responsibility whatsoever about what they do and the reactions and the responses that people give to them. In fact, they get narcissistic rage. You know, they expect you to just lay down and take it. And if you don't, then you are the worst person on the planet of the earth. A narcissist sees us in black and white. There's no gray area in between. They're rather all for you, idolization. You are put on a pedestal and treated like you are the best. And as long as you sing along to their tune and you go along with, you know, all their needs and what they want and how they want you to behave, you can be in their good books. Don't get it twisted. That won't last for long because they can't keep that up. Every now and again, they will trip up and do something that's not very savoury. Be it talk to you a certain way, have a narcissistic outburst you know, devalue in some way, embarrass you in some way, or do something that you think, what, why would you do that? You know, it it just happens. But in the beginning stages, when you're with a narcissist, if you are the type of person who's very loving, very kind, very empathic, which a lot of narcissists go for people that have huge empathy, as we all know, they will tap in to test the waters in terms of how well you will respond to their neediness, how well you will respond to fitting into a box. And that box will end up with you being isolated on your own with them, abusing you with no help of of anybody around you, because slowly but surely, as time goes on, they will erode like a cancer away at your whole lifeline. Um, But we'll get into those conversations at a later date. Today, we're talking about love bombing and what that looks like. So when I got with my narcissistic, covert narcissistic partner, I found that he wanted to be extremely helpful, even when I didn't need or request help 
to financially, that was his thing. He had money. So it'd be like, you know, expensive gifts, expensive holidays, um, consistently offering to pay for things which I didn't need to be paid for, but would insist that things were paid for by him because he wants to look after his woman. Now, most men that love their their, their partners, um, they have tendencies. A good man will want to look after their woman. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when you first meet someone within the first week or two and they're already trying to get into your finances and already trying to take control of, you know, um, you know, getting involved with you financially in that way, you've got to ask yourself, we don't even know each other, but yet you want to start paying my bills already. I mean, there should be a red flag around that. They will um, consistently ring your phone. And I mean, you at first would be like, oh my God, because obviously we deal with other men that can be quite aloof and a little bit, you know, not so forthcoming. So when you get somebody that you meet and they want to speak to you all day, you know, as soon as you switch your phone on in the morning, they're there with their first text message. But that doesn't end there. It'll be a text message after another text message, full blown conversations via text messages, wanting to know what you're doing, where you are, who you're with. If you're at work, you know, there'll be little text messages that'll be sent throughout the day. Now, I personally feel that there is a level of healthy texting and healthy communication where somebody touches base with you, for example, to say good morning. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. So anybody that says, oh, because they've sent you a text first thing in the morning, they're a narcissist or they're a psychopath. No. Or they're controlling. Absolutely not. My partner currently sends me messages every day to touch base with me and my son, our son, all the time, every day. I don't think a day's gone by since I've known him that he doesn't. But yet he will then get on with his day. And unless we need to speak throughout the day or we are particularly wanting to touch base to say, you know, I'm missing you, love you and all that other goo goo gaga stuff that goes on in a healthy relationship. Or in fact, there is something pressing that needs to be discussed. You will communicate. But that constant hounding of somebody pressuring you to have to respond to messages because they're just go, go, go. If it's not a text message, it's a phone call. If they're not sending you a phone call, they're over on your Instagram. If they're not on your Instagram, you know, they're calling your grandma. If they're not calling your grandma, they're calling your dad. I mean, this kind of behavior, this forceful trying to connect on every level to everyone in your life is just not healthy. And the reason they do this is to give you a sense of security that they are into you. And what will happen is that will then turn into talks and language of, I think you are my soulmate. I've met my soulmate. You are the love of my life. Absolutely nothing wrong again with meeting somebody and feeling a connection. But there has to be boundaries put in place. There has to be an understanding that just because somebody is reaching out to you a lot, you have to ask yourself if it is done in a healthy way. Now, when I was not healthy and I was actually very codependent based on how I was brought up and the neediness that came with that codependency of being abandoned by my parents and being raised in an environment where it was survival throughout my whole life, you have a tendency to become a people pleaser. So you will go around you know, as long as somebody gives you some level of attention, you'll just take what you can get, you know. And as time went on, that codependency changed in my personality because I become very independent um, and wanted to actually 
almost go the opposite way and stick my finger up to the world and go, uh, I don't need no nobody. I'm going to go out there and get everything that I need um, on my own, which isn't healthy either. But again, going off the track now, that's not what we're talking about. When you are vulnerable, codependent, sad or lonely or feeling like you have been abandoned and somebody comes into your life and shows you an overwhelming level of support, an overwhelming level of attraction, you know, that they're there, you know, all the time. You, if you are vulnerable and don't have boundaries in place, will grip onto that and hold onto it for dear life. And that's the problem. Once a narcissist recognises that you're easy, you're an easy catch, all they've got to do is press on with the love bombing and press on with the I love you's too soon and the I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life and you don't have to worry about being alone anymore because you've got me and, you know, we can do this together, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. There has to be a level of the danger alarm bells do need to go off. Now, if in time, this person proved themselves to actually be that, and there are no additional behavioral traits that come with that, then maybe this is something that you can address and look at and, you know, take a, take a view on. But when you see in the beginning stages that you're going through the love bombing stage with somebody that they're giving you way too much, way too much um, airplay, way too much assistance, way too much support too soon before even knowing you. I mean, you don't go around just wanting to help somebody because they got a pretty face or they're handsome or because they dress well. What reason has this person really got to want to be all these things to you? What have you brought to the table? You know, it's one thing wanting to be helpful to someone when, you know, you meet someone and you're like, you know what, this person's really nice and they're sharing with me that you know they've they've had a tough time recently for example you know that's all fine you could meet somebody when they're going through a moment but does that moment is it consistent is there a consistency that their constant space their mindset is in that space of victim mentality you know this has happened to me but then becomes extremely affectionate towards you wants to bombard you with lots of affection, you know, they tend to want to push the boundaries in regards to the sex as well. So there'd be definitely no holding back in wanting to have sex with you. I mean, that is on the agenda from the off, but they won't go around it in the way which, you know, some playboy who puts it out there, you know, want to take you home. And if you're into that kind of stuff, not really my sort of thing. But if you, you know, are wanting to have casual sex, for example, everybody kind of supposedly knows where they stand with a narcissist, a covert narcissist, which is what I'm discussing in this particular episode. They give you no warning that what you're about to embark on and the journey and the roller coaster that you're about to embark on, if you knew you would run for the hills, if you knew what, let's just say, you're about to jump on a train and you're on station A and you think you're about to go to station B, which is this wonderful place with these lovely views, 
that's not what happens. You actually get on the train and by the time you get off, you're an absolute wreck. You feel like you've been in a car crash and you look at yourself and you don't even understand what you're looking at anymore. You know, this is the sort of journey that they take you through. Um, and it usually starts with them giving you a full sense of security with them that they can come in and take care of business. They can come in and take care of you. They can come in and basically take control of your affairs. They will then want to take control of your emotions. So if they love bomb lots and lots of love texts, talks of, you know, being soulmates, talks of being in love with you, you're the best thing that's ever happened to them, they've never felt like this before, um, you know, come and meet my parents, come over and meet my nanny, do all of that kind of stuff and this is all within the first week, two weeks, sometimes they will go as far as doing this stuff within the first couple of days, you need to ask yourself, does a healthy person behave and operate like that? Personally, I don't think they do. I think people that meet, that have a genuine connection, that meet and they just connect, they do talk a lot, but they still allow each other breathing space. They still have that level of you have your life, I have mine. And when we come together, it's beautiful. And when we separate, we breathe. There's absolutely no, nothing wrong with giving and taking, you know, push and pull. Um, that's an important part of any relationship, breathing space and boundaries, that constant bashing. I mean, imagine if you kept scratching away at a particular part of your arm, just take your finger and start scratching your forearm. If you keep scratching away at that same spot, you're going to become irritated. Now, if you're with a, a, a malignant or a COVID, COVID covert narcissist and you start your intuition your gut starts telling you I don't feel comfortable about this take note darling take note that's your intuition telling you something's not right if it felt right you wouldn't feel irritated by it when that when that phone starts ringing one too many times there's one too many text messages coming through there's one too many questions being asked as to where you're going who you're with what time you're coming home and your intuition tells you, I don't like that. I, I, you know, you start ringing up your friends going, I don't know if he's a little bit controlling, you know. Listen to those things. Listen to your body. God has gifted us with intuition, gifted us with gut instinct. Some of us gifted with discernment. Use it. So in the beginning phases of meeting anybody, this isn't just relationships regarding romance. This could be friends. People you meet at work that are colleagues that tend to have this tendency of this overwhelming bombardment of connection, almost like, you know, um, a magnet on a piece of steel. It connects and it doesn't want to let go. It's just there constantly. To me, that's the time when you say maybe this is something that I need to just take it easy with. Love bombing comes with a smile but it will end with you being stabbed in the back. So it's important that you take care of yourself. Make sure you have boundaries and allow time to let you see a person's true colours. It's important that somebody who is very empathic, somebody who's very loving, very giving, shouldn't be chastised or be told by you behaving like that, you're, you potentially could be a narcissist. No, you need to match it up with additional information. You need to say, when I go dating, it's to collect data, data about this person. 
are you consistent with your behaviour or are you a clown? And no matter how good looking they are, how nice they smell, how much swag they've got, how big the car is and how big the watch is, and even if they've got a wonderful home, you know, and all the rest of it, not all narcissists have that. Some of them are very low-key and humble, you know, not all narcissists are these flamboyant human beings with a lot of confidence that are you know egotistical assholes not all of them are that way some of them come and present themselves as being quite humble and kind and that's the bit which is confusing because they come across like they're so caring but yet their behavior is so needy and so almost it's like a bombardment isn't it it's like you're not able to 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 breathe without them uh and the more and more you try to push them away the more forthcoming they become and that's where you've got to say it's now time to say to lose it's time to take a break and take a breather so this episode is really more so being just about the beginning stages of what it's like to be love bombed in the very early stages. And in my personal experience, that's come in the form of what I've explained. And I didn't see those as red flags. And I ended up falling in love with a person who ended up being my worst nightmare. You know, this is the devil incarnate, which I'm trying to avoid anybody who thinks they may well be dating a narcissist and they've come onto this podcast if you're seeing any of those red flags please run for the hills and for anybody that's gone past that stage and is now in a relationship with a narcissist you'll be able to look at this and go I completely get it that's exactly what happened to me and now he is not any of those things so I hope this has brought some clarity um just in regards to what love bombing can look like we've done it on a very surface level today um thank you very much for tuning in you are listening to talks with kelly and i'll see you soon please do remember to subscribe to the channel share the channel if you feel that there's anybody that you think may well get some healing from this or understanding or clarity on the on the subject please do share have a good day